to say yes sir and then the bible goes on to say eh eh if you are obedient you are calling the bible ala ba shake bredo sokolo hey hallelujah ah no let's do this thing give me first peter chapter 3 i feel the anointing to teach this thing if the light goes on it's not enough it's not enough for the light to go on the bible says the light shines No, my life will not just go on. It's not enough that you cleared. You have to be excellent. Your life, no, 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 it's, it's not enough that you feel before. And he has put all things under his side, under his side. had given some homework to listen to the teaching close your notes which teaching did i give you an ex- please take it i'd given you an assignment to listen to a teaching titled what no how many have not yet had the time because you are busy with one or two other things this is now two weeks right is why i make you write exams so how many listen to it how many have not yet listened to it but you were there when i was saying listen to it expose yourself <clears throat> when i was home I, and i remember exactly i was um i was washing grips i eat breakfast on sundays because i'm a deliverance minister one day i had a minister tell say as a young man you should not be eating breakfast before going to church you should fast and i think it worked for them but then i think in our case it's a bit different so we fast on the other days so as i was washing grapes <clears throat> i heard the lord tell me to tell you to stop focusing on economy Do you get that? It is metering. I mean, I heard the Lord tell me to tell you to stop focusing on the economy but focus on making money. Now this is that's why I'm I'm showing you the picture particular word the grips and i was not even meditating on the service i'd finished meditating on it i was meditating on the grips 
And then the Lord said to me, focus on making money and not on the economy. I want to believe that means that God wants to bless the works of your hands. And it coincides with the theme of the period. Because the theme of the period is, yeah. so God will bless your actions. <clears throat> so you focus on your actions. The economy may never get better going forward. We may get used to it. It may not get better anytime soon, but we may have to acclimatize. But then, for those who listen to the midweek service, I explained to you that where, where sin abounds, grace all the more abounds. So where things are not happening, uh -huh. that same thing I told you, for those who attended, those who didn't attend, um, it is well with you. You can go back to the teaching. The good part is missing out in this generation is an absolute choice. You will agree with me, not so. Because you can catch up online. You can catch up on the what as well. You know? So, I want us, I'm hoping I'm going to wrap up on this topic. We began looking at God's what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We began looking at what? Louder. God's system of preservation. Powerful. Powerful. And in dealing with God's systems of preservation, we began by looking at the book of Hebrews chapter 1. Right? Which explains to us that God keeps, holds, propels the universe by the mighty word of his power. Correct? And afterwards, we delved a little bit more into the anatomy of the word of God in which we got to discover that there are two dimensions of the word of God, which is Rema and Logos and and we explained logos in a bit of uh, rema in a, in a bit of detail where we said rema is a, means utterance it is a spoken word the word which has been spoken and then we 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 gave a number of scriptural backings and and i think i explained to you the importance of rema and then we went into talking about logos now and we spent a bit of time there discussing what uh, logos is how that Logos is not just a written word, but it goes beyond that. Uh, it is the word which is, it's the counsel of thought, purposes, feelings, emotions, motives, wisdom, the wisdom in literature and in being that describes the functionalities of God. That is the Logos. And what is written is part of it. It was at this point when we went deeper. And I began to explain to you the other two dimensions of the word of God, right? How that there's the word of God which is written from which we can exercise our faith. But then we delve deeper into the unwritten word upon which we can exercise faith. 
And I think this was the crescendo of the meeting in that we began to see that what is written may not always apply to you directly, even if it is for you. So sometimes you may need to exercise faith in the word of God, but you find nowhere where it is written, go to the University of Zambia. So then where do you base your faith? Then I began to ask you a question. When you read Hebrews chapter 11, we see a number of people who exercised faith. But then the question we ask is, what Bible were they reading since there was no Bible? And that Bible which they were reading, which is unwritten, has it been removed from us since for us we have one which is written? But then we discovered that the information that they were getting upon which they based their decisions was from the person of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit would move along them and upon them in many ways. Sometimes it could be in visions, it could be in dreams, it could be in impressions, it could be through someone talking to them like me or like when you're having conversations with friends, you know, friends who are saved, who can be led by the Spirit. And you now base your decision based on that. I'll tell you, last, last year was the year I said, we're not going to have Love Sunday. Uh, but I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. And he came to me and said, because I just didn't want to spend so much money on Love Sunday. And he came to me and said, ah, you know what? The, I, where do you get your faith for these, these projects? Because just how you do them, there's this meeting. And then, so when he spoke like that, I then realized, wait, all I need is faith. Yes, because it's always been faith. And that's how we had Love Sunday last year. Yes. Because I was saying we're not going to have it. In fact, two revelations necessitated. I was talking to another friend of mine because I was saying we want to have Love Sunday in the stadium, but we don't think it's going to be a possibility. We need to invite a Nigerian minister. There's one minister I love dearly. And I also want international collabors. And I knew he was going to come. I think we sat down with my leadership and we began to plan the budgets, the flights, blah, 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 blah. So I was talking to another friend of mine. And before I could share with him, he said, you know, you, you can actually have a meeting in the, in the stadium alone. So that word which was being inspired by the Spirit of God, those words were words upon which I built my faith to act and have the progress that we had. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by, it doesn't say by the written or the spoken. It just says the word of God. It can be written. It can be spoken. It can be the dreamt word. It could be the inspired word on your spirit. And this is what distinguishes between a Christian who is led by the spirit proper and a Christian who is not very exposed to the things of God. So you find that a lot of you have had actually words from God upon which to build material for practice and for action. But you feel like until you read it in the word of God, it is not going to be faith. See that? But the same Holy Spirit was on Peter is also upon you. The same Holy Spirit who was on Peter is upon the deaconess. That when I listen to her testimony and how things worked for her, and I act on the faith of that word, then it will be as if I'm acting on a <clears throat> scripture. Because the same Holy Spirit who gave scriptural force to what is written, the same Holy Spirit who made things happen in her life. So 
We must not be rigid. Because if we are rigid, we will not experience the fullness of what it means to be a believer. We need to see when God is speaking. Even Jesus, one day was having a conversation with one of his disciples, with some of his disciples, and he says, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my father who is in heaven. And that encouraged him to now begin talking to them about how I have to go to Jerusalem and be killed. See, because there was a word which came. That word was not written. And Jesus was a master of written words. He would talk to you. It's written by Isaiah. It's written by this. You know, you've heard the prophets, they said. In the law, it says. But then, he also knew when to pick a word from a conversation. And it doesn't matter the person he's talking to is a mentee. One day, he said to a mentee, hey, this is deep. This is the Holy Spirit. It's not you who's saying this. See that? So, maturity also comprises in listening to people that are lower than you in the faith and being able to pick the movements of the spirit through your relationship and your conversations with them. A lot of times, most of you have said things. I just never said, that's my word, that's the Lord. I'm working on it. But I, I and you, you never knew that God was speaking to you. So I'm very careful when I'm talking to anyone, I'm having a conversation because I could pick the word of the Lord. And a lot of times, that's how God answers your prayers. A lot of times there are these prayers that you had, these questions that you had, but as you begin to have conversations with sensible people, you discover that, uh -uh, you know, this is what I was asking God about. Oh, I mean, people who are saved like you. Then you now realize, uh -uh, this is, I, I needed this. You see, this is why we are very careful even the conversations we have with people. Because you don't want to miss a word of the Lord in a season. You don't want to miss what God is communicating. So I'm very careful. A lot of times I'm with Pastor Charles in the office and as he begins to talk, he doesn't even know. I'm like, hmm, I know exactly what God wants me to do and he's lost. And I tell him, don't worry, you're a vessel. <laughs> the Lord has used you. Praise the Lord. So uh, the Bible says in First Peter chapter 1, verse 5, we read also, it talks about those who are preserved by the power of God through faith. And that's why we also spent time on this issue. They are preserved by the power of God through faith. We are in a season where to be preserved by God and the power of God. See, that scripture is trying to suggest that. All of us can be preserved by the power of God, but there's a method. It's called through faith. It's called through faith. And there's no faith without the word of God, either written or spoken or revealed or dreamed. So a lot of people perish because there is no word upon which they are building their lives and basing their lives. So for example, God has taught us to focus on making money as opposed to the economy and what it's doing. That will preserve us because we will see that we are having things that we need in supply. As we, and sometimes it may not even be that you pushed a project and money came. It's a fact that you obeyed the instruction and you tried and the door was still open. Not because you did the right thing and it opened. That door may have even closed, but you will notice that it's been three months and I've not complained. I've been in consistent supply. Some of the things I've wanted to do, I'm still pushing. It's been three months, but somehow there have been sources. So as you obey the word of God, there is a supply. The Bible says, as they were going, they were healed. They had not yet shown themselves to the priest after they were cured of leprosy. But as they were obeying the word and practicing it, they began to experience the fruit of the word. Trust and obey. Oh, there's no other. They were about to go into ministry one day. 
And then they said, okay, let's prepare one or two things. And Jesus told them, don't, just go. They said, eh, eh, are you coming with us? Nope. This time you're going alone, you're big boys. <laughs> and when they came back, he asked them, did you like anything? Then they realized, wait, actually, no. Because he gave them very sensitive instructions. He says, when you go into a house, <laughs> eat what they will give you. Wait, do you mean we are going to be getting into other people's houses like, houses like us? We are not married with families. So we are just supposed to enter other people's families' houses. And, and he said, yes. He says, whatever they give you, eat. You, you people, you don't know what it means to keep a man of God. I'm yet to start coming into your houses. I'll come in your house and whatever you will give me, I'll eat. Eh? That's the calling of a man of God, to eat your food. One time, a man of God talked about how he works for a living. He was yes. That's Paul. He was saying to them, I never, I never ate from you. I, he was saying to the Thessalonians, I worked hard. Because he was saying to them, they are lazy. And many men of God were arising during the day of Paul to say, feed me. And yet they were just lazy. They didn't want to work. So he said, ah, among these I will not receive the Thessalonians. And yet the Bible says he was receiving a TXN from the Philippian church. My bank transfers. Because he says to the Philippians, with regards giving, you are the only ones who shared with me in that regard. And then he says, because you shared with me not once, but twice when I was in Thessalonica. So when he was telling these people, I don't want your money. Meanwhile, kidding. The other side. Very clever man. See, it's because, and he was saying to the Corinthian church, he says to the Corinthian church, he says, he says to the Corinthian church, he says, uh, when, I, when I lived among you, I deceived you in that I did not, I did not, I, I, he says, forgive me this wrong because I was not a financial burden to you. Okay, let's read the word. Because now you are thinking, I'm quoting things from my head. <laughs> Second Corinthians. How did we get here? Forgive me this wrong. Like an Google. Oh, glory to God. Twenda na yesu. Twenda na yesu. Twenda na yesu. Second Corinthians chapter 12 verse 13. And give it to me in the NLT. So, you've got an interesting flow of service at home. From very deep soaking session <laughs> to punches. Okay, let's go back. Give it to me in the NLT. When I was with you, I, you can read, right? When I was with you, I certainly gave you proof I'm an apostle. Patiently did many Sometimes it feels like there's a guy who's just touching something and in trying to perfect it, <laughs> he misperfects it. It's just a feeling I could be wrong. I will try to walk by faith, not feelings. The only thing it says, one, two, three, go. 
Every time I'm not being a financial burden to you, you need to be forgiving me. No, no, no. You realize I never wrote that. You, you believe the other things about fire. The same Bible <laughs> wrote that. Not that every time you did not share with me financially, a financial burden. <laughs> you know, I've read that scripture a number of years and I just don't understand why. And he's saying, I'm sorry for that. So, no, no, you want from me. We are not being scriptural. <laughs> I am coming in your house to be a financial burden. <laughs> Ah, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's that scripture which just favors you once in a while as a man of God. Do you believe the word? How many believe the word? <laughs> it says, forgive me. I'm so sorry. I've not been to you and your family and your children in this economy. I've not been a financial burden. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Ever zip this. <laughs> okay. And I'll tell you something. The Bible says there were women who sponsored Jesus out of their substance. Meaning they worked in order that they may give to Jesus. He was a man of God. Luke chapter 8. They worked out of their own substance. Some of you need to have businesses just to push the work of God. He says, no, this one, I want all the money to be going to church because I see there's that project, that project, and that project. Your pastor in your zone has been doing so much. You don't even do anything for them. For them, they have to be strong. It's their birthday. The only thing you're doing is, oh, HBD. Your zonal pastors. Those people work hard. You need to make sure they are a financial burden to you. I'm not saying give. I'm saying burden. Because we are trying to be scriptural. Now, just try to remove me from the picture. And let's stick to the word. Just remove me. Just erase. And then, don't be jealous. Put the word there. <laughs> let's read the word. He says, please forgive me. I'm so sorry. And I would take time to explain to you why Paul was wrong in doing that. But that's not what we're going to look at. And which brings us to the next portion of preservation. You see, the next portion of preservation a pastor is God's strategy for your preservation. A pastor is one of God's, let me, let me make it more correct. A pastor is one of God's strategies for your preservation. A minister of the gospel is one of God's strategies for your preservation. We talked about the word, but there's also a man that God can send into your path in order to preserve you. I want us to turn our Bibles to the book of Habakkuk. There's an interesting story of Habakkuk in Jewish history. 
that he was a farmer. And how is that thing? Jesus, yeah. You will never see the song, the same song, the song the same way. Every time you, you remember the song, you'll be remembering Baden. Sorry, I'm just uh, getting my notes. Eh, my notes are very good. After saying a fancy scripture at Habakkuk, and then I planned that this one I'll shock them. Okay. Okay, I'll get to that one. Let's. Let me explain it like this. I wanted to read it. We'll read it, we'll read it properly. So, David said something interesting in Psalm 23. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. You know, he leads me through paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff. So, you know, the, all these things David is saying, he's saying, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear. He had so much experience in God that even if he walked in a very rough place, he knew that God would still be with him. Let me tell you one of the things that helps you to know that it's not yet time to die. The things that God has told you to do. If they've not yet been done, that's a, that's a, that's a weapon of war. It's a license to stick around. One day I was so down. I didn't think I was going to die. But I was so sick. And then God came into my room and started giving me instructions about next year. I'm saying to him, you've left without healing me. And then you are giving me, you are bombarding me with instructions. Then God told me, but if I'm telling you what to do, it means you'll be fine. What's your problem? And I said, oh, yes, it makes sense. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah, that's, that's what a word can do. So, now, David knows through experience that God is always going to be there with him. So what now happens is there was a time when Saul was chasing after him. Remember when Saul wanted to kill him? So really wanted to kill him because so heard that this guy is going to be king. So what? So so wanted to kill him. Wanted to kill him. Even he now met the priests who kept him alive, and he killed all of them for letting David alive without catch. Can you imagine? He kills all of them that were there, but one of them escapes, and he goes to where David was, and he explains how his father and his family were killed. And David says something. From that understanding, he says, the one who seeks after your life seeks after mine. 
Then he says, but with me you shall be safe. Meaning David knew that when you hang around him, there's not dying. Because he's a man of purpose. He's got to be a king. There's an anointing that was placed on him and the word that was released upon him when he was a servant boy. When he was just responsible over his fathership, some prophet came and told him, you will be king. So he knew I can't die without being a king. So that word is what was keeping him aware that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because God is with me. There is a word over my life. There's a purpose that I must achieve. So now, because I know that word, if you hang out with me, since for me there is no dying, you will also be alive. David was a priest and a king. It means he was also a man of God. Because in his day, kings were not allowed to consult God using an effort. But he was able to do it and he was able to sacrifice. That means there was a priestly anointing on David. Also, that makes him a man of God as well. So that means as a man of God, he also knew that if you follow me, you shall be well. So when that guy began to follow him, preservation, the point I make is, see, a man of purpose, a man of God, a minister of the gospel is God's strategy for your preservation. Give me Hosea chapter 12 verse 13. This is why if you don't know if you're going to be preserved, find some people who are going somewhere. Before you find where you're going, find some people at, okay, direction, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, direction. Start hanging out with them. You may just live longer because they say you are useful. So when now the angel of death is coming against you, the, 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 the guy will now say, no, 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 uh, this is my guy. Then the angel of death will say, okay, no, no problem. Mop skin. One, two, three, go. Now, when we talk about Israel, we are talking about three million people. Now, those three million people came from one person called Jacob. So the preservation of Jacob was hidden in Moses. Him and his generation were preserved by a man of God called Moses. The Bible doesn't say they were preserved because God was with them anyhow. No, it says through a prophet... Israel was brought out of Egypt. And through a prophet, Israel was preserved. You know, I have come to a place where I understand. You see, I've seen this anointing take people out of death. I have seen this anointing get into orders and remove a person from an order. I'm talking about entrenched altars, altars that have been there for years. I have seen this anointing preserve people, show people a difference between them and the rest of their family. I've seen what this anointing can do. It can keep people that must have died alive. You know, one day, one day there was, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's, 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 there's a person who was pregnant and then they had an attack and when I went to pray for them literally I went into a vision and in this vision 
I saw, I saw about four witches under a tree. And they came to me and they said, for the generations before, every one of them gives us their child. What makes you think this one is special? We want that child. And I'll tell you, it may sound boastful, but you know what I said? I said, those other ones never had a Pastor Daniel. And now, I'm not adding or mincing words. I said, those other ones never had the Pastor Daniel. We counted. I said, he wasn't there. He wasn't there. Now he's here. Choka. I'm here now. Praise God. I, I mean, I have seen this anointing do crazy things. And you see, many, many times, Many times, oh, people don't know what they have. People don't know just what they have. If I just, there are people who, who know what I'm talking about. If I ask each of them to come and give their testimony, we'll have a testimony galore about what I did for them by God. Because I became God's strategy for their preservation. A man of God, a minister of the gospel, is a doctrine in a Christian faith. And that's why it's being fought. One of the things that are being fought the most is the idea of a minister of the gospel. Because you are forcing things. You are saying he's just a human being like us. Which is true. But what you really mean is that there's nothing to him. And so God's strategy for your preservation is now being destroyed. Because it's... See, one of the reasons why... BBC did that documentary was simply because, in, in my view, you can have your own view. You see, and since I'm the one with the mic, I get to share it. <laughs> How come they've never done a documentary to show us a true man of God? Now, tell me once when they did True Prophets. And they started saying the true prophets of God. Then they start showing them their TVs. And they've, they've never stood up once and have said, we are going to expose false imams. They've never stood up to say, we are going to expose false imams. Have you ever seen them? Not once. Yet in two scriptures of the, of the, of the Quran. Muhammad married an, a, a seven-year-old and slept with her at nine. It's in their scriptures in the Quran. You, you can't talk about it. They'll come for you. But it's, it's in their Quran. Yes. I, I, I am the scholar here. You go check it. <laughs> Yet there's one person with... And you see, most of you need to realize that the church is under attack because of what it stands for and what it does. Even just when this cholera situation started, the first thing we heard is churches must reduce the number of hours because we are the, according to them, we are the ones that just lick each other's hands. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we are the ones who lick each other's hands. We are the ones.
There was not once when the office of the vice president said, all bars shut down. But there was a whole secular that came out, which is churches must reduce the number of hours that they meet. It was not, even just these places where cholera is, they never shut them down. It's churches. Because us, what we do, we go in the toilets, we drink water there. <laughs> no, I'm trying, because, you see, I'm trying to give them a benefit of a doubt. I'm in the bars and the taverns in the compounds, it's so organized there. So there was no need to give them any secular. You look, at the, look at this building, the way it's looking, for example. Look at how orderly it is. Yet, you will see them there coming to check. You will not find them checking somewhere in Kwacha and Kuchakwaka Dikidiki in Eba. They are not there. But here, they'll be here. Brothers and sisters, we are under attack. But nobody who has ever tried to tax the church has lasted. They don't last. They've tried it before. They will try it. They never last. What I am telling you is I'm not, it's in the Holy Scriptures. You'll find, just check Google it, you, where it's written, you'll find, eh, okay. Yet BBC has never told us anything like that. They've never even come to tell us one true prophet. We were, okay, now that you've shown us a false prophet, can you show us a true one? Show us at least a true one. So it, but you see, there's a scripture called, and this is so important, it says, Strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. So the aim is not the shepherd. The, the shepherd is strategy to go to the sheep. So that all of you, your faith is scattered. Because your faith corporately and individually is disturbing some of the things they want to do to this world. When you are praying, there are signals those things are destroying in your house in Kwakaringalinga. And much worse if you even meet together to pray. You people don't, you are a superpower. That's why most of the rules and regulations that will come will be to injure the church. But there's a principle that they don't know what to do. The principle is the more they afflicted them, the more they grew. So in the church, in the Old Testament, that's what, what was said of them. Pharaoh and his Egyptian system came up with a way to kill all the male children that were being born. But what happened is in the hospitals where they put those rules, suddenly the messes of God came upon all the nurses. So whenever they would give birth, the Israelites, they would preserve those children. And then the Bible says, the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied. That's what the Bible says. So they are shocked because the more we are afflicted, the more people give their lives to Christ. The more evangelism fire is at its peak. So they don't know what to do with us. The only thing that will defeat us in this world is simply rapture. That's the, when we are taken away, that's when this world will feel it. That there, was, there were people that existed in this world. When we are gone, when we are caught up to be with the Lord in the air, when some, suddenly everybody realizes that we are not bluffing about this rapture thing. And now they will have power to afflict everybody, including the ones who are not paying attention. We are in church. That's when, that's when the world is going to be in trouble. As for now, 
It doesn't matter what they do. They are limited because of our presence. Trust me, they are so frustrated. Even before they release the next virus or whatever they want to do, they have to think twice. Because by the time they are done infecting the whole world, they will notice that Christians have grown by 5 million. It's a strange phenomenon. Very strange phenomenon. So what they are doing is attacking men of God. There's an attack. Whether the man is wrong or right, it's the fact that many people believe in God because of him. And the moment he falls, now everyone will be saying, ha, all of them are fake. And let me tell you something. In the word false prophet, there's prophet. That means, that means that there are many similarities between us and false prophets. Many similarities. The fact that a magician turns a stick into a snake and I do it does not make me a false prophet. There will be similarities. Even in the way we handle issues, we are, we are so similar. You see, when you are buying, when you are buying shoe polish, you know how you need to be so careful to buy. Because sometimes, between the OG and the fake, the nuances are so slim. You, you really need to pay attention. Say, okay, yeah, it's a good thing. Then you find that the OG is the one which is a bit pale. The darker one <laughs> is a fake one. Why? Because between OG and fake, there's going to be similarities. I'll give you an example. There was an article I was reading which talks about uh, signs of an occult, occultic church. I'm sure you've read those things. And they'll say, any man of God who insists that you detach yourself from your family. Now, there the, the, are slight differences there. If that's the case, then Jesus was a forced prophet because him, he taught it. Your Jesus, him, he said, whoever loves his father, whoever loves his father more than me, he's not worthy of me. He's not my disciple. Uh, it's in the word. Jesus taught that. In fact, him as a man of God, he said, he said some things. He said some very strange things that one day he lost some of his members. He said to them, if you don't eat me, you have no life. It's now, you, you were not there. It's now that you are saying, no, let's have holy communion. The first time he said, if you don't eat me, what do you mean eat you? I mean me. You don't eat my flesh and drink my blood. You have no life in you. When he taught that sermon in John 6, he lost, he lost all his members, the multitude, the church. I felt sorry for him reading that scripture. Because you see, a day ago, he, he, he did this miracle. He did this miracle where he turned a few fish and a few loaves of bread into a buffet. And people ate. There was a food galore. Some of them were saying, mm, see what magic will you? But because they were being driven by hunger, they ate. <laughs> Other people said, no, no, me, when I saw that, I said, I'm not going to be here. 
Now, uh, they came back the next day, and it was packed. And now he went deep. I said, ah, you ate bread yesterday. That's why you followed me. Now you are going to eat my flesh and drink my I knew it. Even that bread, I knew it. I knew it. Even when I was eating, I was just like, otherwise I knew it. I knew it. I said, what? Satanics. You want us to eat your flesh? <laughs> Jesus was so shaken. Jesus was so shaken that he asked his disciples, he says, do you also want to leave? Then one of them, by the grace of God, now says, no, where can we go? You have the words of life. Then he felt a bit encouraged. He says, ah, it's because I chose you. He started giving a speech and told them, no, things are going to get better. But meanwhile, some of them were like, okay, we'll stick around because even if we go now, they'll say, eh, you're now back. We told you you're with the satanics. So there's going to be similarities. So if you don't eat my flesh. Jesus was left in his church. The members left. So people will leave you as well. <laughs> it's fine. It's part of life. In fact, I was so encouraged one day. I was, I was reading the Bible. God in his church. They left his church and got some of his members. You've never read it in the Bible. <laughs> In God's ministry, they left him. And they, they got a third of his members. You've never read it. <laughs> God, if God can be left. <laughs> God. One of his board members, his assistant pastors. <laughs> you know, people, <laughs> people come and they say, People come and they say, no, I want to live peacefully. And you're attached. You. <laughs> Being left is part of life. So the, Jesus taught that. Can you imagine? One guy was saying, um, I want to bury my father. He's an old man. So just give me a few days. When he dies, I'll bury him. Jesus said, uh -uh. you want to bury your father? You Let the dead bury themselves. You follow me. When, when, you, when, we dim, when we demand honor and submission, for example, when you read most of the signs of an occultic church, they'll tell you they insist on being honored. But Jesus one day was upset because he was not honored. He said, hey, a prophet is not without honor except in his, and he left. And the Bible says I never re he never returned. He left because he enjoyed honor. Even God said, if I am God in the book of Malachi 2, he says, if I'm God, where's my honor? Malachi 3. If I am your father, where's my honor? That's the question he asked. He says, they insist on collecting all your money. So first fruit. When we collect everything for that month, and I tell you, I'll eat it. You say that's an occultic church. You know, um, let me read some of the things to you. It's just that I didn't want to bore you, but let me read to you. So what is happening is, the, you see, between prophet and false prophet, there is prophet there. So there's going to be similarities. If we insist that you must be here and miss your family meeting where there's food, they will say you are in an occult. 
How, which man of God removes people from his family? Jesus. That's the account we belong to. Because he's the one who taught that. The same Jesus they are professing to know and to serve. He's the one who taught us. Let me read some of the things they were saying when they were saying signs of an occultic church. Hmm. They start the preaching of materialism. Going to most Pentecostal churches today and ask, what do they do well mostly? Riches, blessings, abundance, prosperity, success, etc. These are educated people writing about. They are saying, not the cross, not holiness, not righteousness, sanctification, and reconciliation. They say holy oil. And you see, there, there, there are nuances again. Because there's an extent to which you tell that I am equable. And you see, but when it comes to tokens, you need to be careful. Because there are times when God tells you to use anointing oil. So now if you said not using anointing oil is occultic, if you hear God, you will shut up. Because you know that God one day will tell you, oh, for this problem, just get oil. Anoint the person. What are you going to do? I know a friend of mine, a man of God in, in South Africa, who taught, and this is a sound man, an apostle. He, he, I'm not, it's not Prophet Kwanele. It's, he's an apostle, this one. It's a different one. Because now your church GDP. <laughs> so, he... He taught against using oil. He taught against using anointing oil. He said, no, this thing is fake. You can't use it. Blah, blah, blah. Sound guy. I know him. I've listened to him. Then one day, there was a woman in the church who he was praying for and was not getting well. So now at midnight, God speaks to him and says, collect oil, anoint it, go and pray for her. So he secretly did it. She was asking questions. He just says, you. <laughs> But everything has an extent to which it is wrong. There are people who's, who now start saying, I don't know. So, if you now are reading this thing and it is saying using anointing oil, it's a sign that you are an occultic check. So now you now start, all the men of God who use anointing water and anointing oil, you start attacking. Because they said that's an occultic. Our man of God does not use, one day I'll come here with a chigubu of anointing oil written. <laughs> They said, use of a white handkerchief as well. <laughs> I wanted to skip it because I had one. <laughs> you see, the Bible says, the Bible says, from the body of Paul, handkerchiefs were taken. The Bible doesn't tell us the color. What if it was white? The handkerchief. And even demons were spiritual enough to live after they see that handkerchief. They had enough wisdom to say, mm, there's power here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now it's a person who is educated who is now saying, no, 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 that's occultic. Even the demons are like, hey, we didn't know. Do you know what, how, what I have seen God do with handkerchiefs? In my own hands. I have seen it. it oh. Use of hand, white handkerchief. Warning members from visiting other churches. Any church which... Now, are you saying that Sometimes there are people who exaggerate it and they're attacking every church. There are people like that. But do you know that as a pastor, I've got a right to warn you of certain churches. I've not done that. I do it secretly when I notice you're going to the wrong place that I think is wrong. Because I have a responsibility to watch over you. So I must be able to tell you, because I am God's system for your preservation. So I must be able to tell you that you need to be careful with where you're going. Easy to join, but difficult to leave. They are saying when a church is easy to join and difficult to leave. Sometimes the reason why it's difficult to leave, let me explain something to you. Sometimes the reason why it's difficult to leave a church is because it's so nice. Even when you're about to leave, you are saying, do you know I have had people here who have left. They were offended at me and whoever did. They left. When they left, they came back. After some time, they came back and what they said was, I'm back. Why are you back? I didn't find another place like this. Now, it may not be that there's another place, there's not any other place like this, but maybe for them, there was not another place like this. Because it's one, you see, to find a pastor is easy, but a custom-made pastor, one who speaks to you like this, that's not a very easy thing. So when you leave that person that God brought in you, there are many you are going to find. Called by God. The question is, are you going to fit in properly? That's why you should behave yourself in these churches. And I hope the pastors also do the same. Because sometimes we may chase members that we shouldn't chase. There's, another, there's a guy who left twice and three times he came back. When he was, I was about to come back the fourth time. I now said to him, when you come back, you'll be on suspension. Because <laughs> you, you guys know him. Yeah. I said, when you come back now, you'll be on suspension. I said to him, and he never came back. I said, good. <laughs> You're not going to leave me and start coming back. In, even if it's a relationship. Let's go our separate ways. Then again, the person comes back. You forgive them. Then again, they say, no. You argue a bit. They say, have a nice life. They go and they come back. The third time they do it. You feel like maybe the Lord is testing you. You would have turned the... And now you're also testing. God just said you this side and this side. He didn't say the face now. Now even the face. I'll do like Adam on you. I forgive you, but you're not coming back into the garden. That's what God did to Adam. I, I lo mad love. I love you, whatever they call it. You just end bouncing back into government. Oops. <laughs> I didn't say anything. 
didn't say anything. You problem you think a lot. <laughs> okay, let me stick to the word. <laughs> let me stick to the word. I don't feel a release <laughs> to talk about. But sometimes the reason why it's hard to leave churches is because, not that they are now caught, but they've got occultic tendencies. There are churches which, when you want to leave, you, are, you have to get ready for the smear campaign. Because they will now preach to everyone how that you have fallen short of the glory of God. You've fallen away from grace. And they will tell everyone to stay away from you. So now you are first you, are, you want to leave, but you're not sure if I leave. <laughs> but sometimes we we'll tell people to stay away from you if we know why you left properly. We know that this is why you left. But also some of you, there are people who left. You find they argued with the pastor. They did this, they did this. But yet we are finding you like this. Kamushi Karida We will not stop you. We will not stop you. We are not, I mean, that's your choice. But there's like a small price. <laughs> and you just realize it late. Because we don't do that here. So what I'm saying is sometimes there are tendencies. And sometimes because you, it's not like it's a church with an ocatic tendency, but you did the wrong thing. So when they now say stay away from that one, They are not occultic. The pastor is just trying to protect his members from you. Because he will give an account. Amen. So, and, and the, the list is, goes on and on at strange names. Many churches have strange names because most occultic societies insist on church name that is in line with the secret society, blah, blah, blah. So how do you distinguish between a, church, a, a, a strange name and a name? So a lot of Facebook and blog posts that are going out against, against ministers of the gospel, the attack is not even on them. Because the man they are attacking is already dead, so he has nothing to lose except maybe his legacy. But how does he even know he has lost it? As we speak, Jesus still doesn't have any legacies in some sides. But the aim is you. Imagine now some of you felt when you discovered what BBC told you. Oh, who do we believe now? But have you ever asked yourself simple questions? Just simple questions like, okay, let's wait for a blog where they now talk about real men of God. Even just in Nigeria, there are many of them. If, let's imagine that one was fake. Let's see if they will show us that that's a true man of God. Never. So imagine now how many people have lost faith in men of God and the things that we, we can do for them. There are people, who, you know, there was one time when I was experiencing some warfare in my life. 
And as I was experiencing some warfare in my life, I had a dream. And it was actually a vision. I was surrounded by a lot of demonic spirits. I didn't know what they wanted from me. Because I didn't feel like I had a lot to offer to the world. So now I'm trying to do what I can do. It was not happening. And I'm not saying you do this, but I will tell you what happened. I now said, I'm going to tell Pastor Mwineli. That's what I said. I said, I'm going to tell my pastor. Ha, the way they ran away. Just, we have not even yet reached Jesus. <laughs> I just said, my pastor, who was sent by Jesus. I said, no, no, I need my pastor here. I'm not saying he's Jesus, but there's something that the Bible says, obey your spiritual leaders because they watch over your soul. Do you know the responsibility of watching over someone's soul? Just watching after someone's body is a lot of work. I have people in the house, I look after their health, their food. <laughs> but there is a more complex and sensitive assignment to watch over someone's soul. You know, last night I couldn't sleep because I need to pray for people. You know, there's this burden. So I'm so tired of a long day. So I know if I sleep on that bed, in the bedroom, I'll sleep. So I'm so tired. I go to the living room. And in the living room, it's hard on the sofas there as compared to. So I'm, I'm laying down there. And because I want to be so uncomfortable that I wake up immediately to pray. So I wake up and I'm so, I can't sleep. I need to pray for people. I can't, I'm tired. But it's, it's like a burden. It's there. You, why is it on God, on God's shoulders? He removed the shoulders and put on you. That's why Moses one day complained. He said, but why do you want me to carry these children like a hen carries her children. Am I the one who gave birth to them? What? No, that's in the Bible. That's exactly. I'm not, I am not exaggerating. That's what Moses says. Moses said, I didn't. You are making me. Sinjin and Uwamene. Sinjin Uwamene. Anava. Yamene you. I didn't borrow them. <laughs> but what God does, he's, he puts the spirit of a mother in you over people. You see, this is why I tell you that I've met a lot of preachers, but few pastors. Very, a lot of preachers. They came, and when they stand to preach, oh, you'll be so blessed. But the pastoral work, the registered one, the one we know, there are very few because it's the heart of a person towards people who are strangers to him. How many people are you able to look after monthly? I'm not saying in the spirit. Because <laughs> you there, you can do well because you can just be decreeing and declaring <laughs> while sipping on coffee. <laughs> who are not your relatives and you are not going to Get anything from them, you know. You know, the people you invest in, you know, there will be a return. Now look at you. You are now saying, I don't, oh, no, none, because I don't want to be a pastor. <laughs> How about being just a Christian?
Even just your pastor planning on being a financial burden, you were saying, no, let that word pass first. He says, he says, he says, I will send you pastors after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding are recipes for preservation. The declarations that we stand here and give, those are recipes for your preservation. One time during COVID, I was about to close down the church, and then an angel appeared to me and said, don't close, I'll be there to make sure everyone is okay. You people were there, I explained it to you in Playhouse. And what now happened was, no one got sick. At least from what I know. Because I was checking on people. And there were people who, I remember there was this girl, I will not say her name. She stopped coming to church. And she got jabbed three times. I sent her to Pfizer, and a booster. But every time she would get, afterwards she would get sick after some time. COVID admission. Yet us who are shouting each other's faces, none of us. You know how we do Judah here. You are big, 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 big. Large, 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 large. We had no cases. And in that period, our church multiplied. It grew. That Lusaka Playhouse became small for us. Praise God. Why? Because I gave a word. I gave a word. That preserved everybody. And you see, if I start, I will start testimonies one by one, one by one. I've seen men built. I've seen women given direction because of the anointing, because of the power that God invests upon a man to direct. So beautiful. It's so beautiful. I mean, I, I met people who are smoking, cutting themselves, doing things. When you look at them now, they are proper. They look like human beings. Wow. They have perspectives. Proper. I, I want to start picking one by one now. But like it's a lot of you. Because all of you have a testimony of how when you encountered the grace of God <laughs> through an individual, your lives changed. And some of it may not be like that I laid hands on you. No, 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 no. You remember how we met you? You were not ready. She was escorting a friend of hers. Just escorting, but God was leading her somewhere. Look now, you're a deaconess. Because when I met her, she didn't know her left from her right. You didn't know. You were ambidextrous in life, generally. And I remember the day you said to me, because hey, you were broke. Then now you said to me, but you say you are broke and faithful. Because she would do doormats and send us money. And at some point I sent you back the money. I wanted to send. Then you said, no, oh, you got upset. I said, okay, bring. Yes. Remember your first fruit story. You came to me and you said to me, if I get this job, I'll give my first fruit. Uh, I prayed. <laughs> I said to me, I, I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back. I went where I go. She got her job. When I was counting the days, because <laughs> I had more projects I needed to manage. 
So when she now says to me, she, she, in fact, I'm the one who said that. <laughs> I'm sorry. How are you? Mm. <laughs> How are you feeling? And I'm just reminding you of that car. How much was that that you brought? It was like, uh, I remember six, five. No? No, I gave her back a hundred, five hundred. No, 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 okay. Up and now, since you've learned the word about being a financial burden, now I don't know if you now you will say that he's, he's an occultist. Me, I'm just following the Bible. In fact, there was, uh, I was sharing a story yesterday of a girl who was not giving a tithe. I went to her, I said, you, why don't you give your tithe? She said, I don't work. I said, bring tithe next week. She couldn't believe me. She looked at me, she said, ah, this man. I made sure she brought. I laid hands on her, ate the 50 kwacha. She got a job and she became one of the highest paid members of this church. Now, I'm not saying I want to eat your money now because of that. I'm just showing you <laughs> how it has worked in the past. How it has worked. You know, when you see a man of God, you are seeing a walking offering basket. Don't let anyone lie to you. And the, the Catholics know this better. Do you know how much they give their priests in this? You find your grandmother will always get kalundwe, babi, katute, they will take to parish. Convent Nangukunankan. They will take. I've seen this. They know their responsibility. You are the only one who says the papa must work. Yet your Bible says he must be a financial burden to you. Are you not unscriptural? I've seen what this anointing can do. I've seen what this anointing can do. I remember Pastor Flavian was so depressed after he did not make points to go into med school. And the way he was looking, he was just looking anyhow. <laughs> you were in what year that time? Second, third, something like that. He was just looking confused because he wanted to study this thing. Now you know Unza, they will give you a new career. <laughs> you want to study law, they give you Bachelor of English. So when they ask you what do you study, you now just tell your parents, Navamu Beng. It's Bachelor of English, so it's still. <laughs> I said to him, uh, I sat him down and I taught him the word of God. I taught him the word of God. I taught him the word of God. I taught him the word of God and he changed. He began being one of the top students. I don't know you. You even won what? I don't know. Uh, can you give that your testimony? What did you? You became one of the best students. So in, in third year, I, I was the top student and even top of my class in fourth year. 
Now, what was the turning point? What was the turning point? Can you tell them what your turning point was? So, yeah, like he said, I was, I was depressed. I uh-huh. went to see him. Uh, he was, that was uh, Africa. I went to his room. He sat me down, took me out of the balcony, told me, you know what, just go back to the drawing board. I don't think you should keep fighting this thing. God can always make a way. He's, he, t- he said a lot of things. He doesn't run out of options. Uh, so just go back to the drawing board and see what you can do. So yeah, pretty much I changed my program and... Because uh, he just wanted medicine. He just wants medicine. And I said to him, you, you are brilliant. If you focus on this thing, the blessing of God, the Bible says the blessing of God makes rich. It doesn't say the career of men. It's the blessing of God which makes rich. I remember exactly what I taught him. I said to him, it doesn't matter what you studied and what you have not studied. The blessing of God will still rest upon you. And he didn't look like he was serious. But I think when he went back home, he thought about it. And boom! And he got a job. And I remember, you see, this guy believed in me a lot. He used to come home to wash my clothes. One day he came. And I was saying, I have so many clothes and they are so dirty. So I was staying with a poster. We were just boys. So he came and said, he wants to wash my clothes. I said, wait. I went, I picked all of them. It was a whole ballot. He washed them. I said, he will never repeat it. He came back the next Saturday. He said, no, this, unfortunately, this time I had few. <laughs> So I gave him to wash, and he kept washing. Till now, he got a job that made him so busy. He became so busy that he stopped washing my clothes. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> you can see it. So, but just a conversation with someone. A conversation with someone. It's a, a minister of the gospel is God's strategy for your preservation. When I give you guidance and I tell you do this, even if initially you felt like this is the direction you want to take, because I'm the one who gave you that thing. I'm the one who will be answerable for it. You do what I've told you because God sent me. You will see that you begin to prosper. There are just some, there are people I told you, there are people I said to them, you, you need to marry that one. You don't know me. You don't know me. <laughs> it's, it's a rare power we use. Eh? It's a power we have, but we... It's tricky because people will blame us. You can blame me. But I said you, that one. And the guy says, no, this, no, I don't think... I, I said you. Those ears. Are they for listening? Yes. Do you like that girl? Yes. Can you? Now they are happily married, you know, and things like that. You can't guess who because there are many married couples here, so relax. (laughs) You know, I can tell you scriptures in the Bible, but I will be telling you something that's far. So I need to tell you something that's near that God has been doing in this day and age. Things that God has been doing in this This one was so sad working. 
Pastor Sigo. She was so depressed. She would go to work there. She would, you know, she liked telling me her problems for at work. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know the person says that I exaggerate this story, but there was a person in this church who locked me in the cart. I want a man to marry. Give me a man. I said, you, it's God who gives men. They said to me, you and your God. <laughs> I said to God, Lord, <laughs> they've locked us in this car. What are we going to do? God and I, we, 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 we brought a man. And now they're happily ever after married. <laughs> you, you don't know what you have, you. You don't know what you have. Took a man out of my life. <laughs> I, you see, I can give you many stories in the Bible, but they'll be too far from you. I need to give you stories. I remember you, you wanted to go to CBU. Um, I say the whole story. <laughs> I wanted to go to Russia, to a lot of places, even Sibiu. Oh, yes. So I did go to Sibiu. Dad refused for me. She now says, uh-uh, you've refused. I said, yes. So she looked at me. She said, okay. Then she now goes. She tried everything in her power. Everything brought her to Unza. Why? And it was for the simple reason that I said, I need that. My church was just starting and she was showing interest. <laughs> so now I say, I, I need members like this one. So no matter what she tried, it brought her back to me. I was even quiet like I'm not the one responsible. <laughs> but she's graduated. Powerful course. Agro-eco something. Agroeconomics. Good. There was that time when you even won a paper. What did you do? Essay writing competition in Africa. And you were number what? Number three, Africa. <laughs> Imagine what God can do with a man that he has sent in your life. Imagine what God can do. I have seen God preserve me through my pastor a number of times. Me. And I've seen many people preserved through me. One time, let me end with this. I'm sorry, sorry if I have taken most of your time, but let me end with this story. I remember this one time. I'm concluding, don't worry. So, yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, they are complaining. Oh, my goodness. No, one last story. There's this one time. Oh, sorry. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes, this one. And she would text me, Dad, can you imagine what my boss? Dad. And I'm saying, now I'm also thinking, if this girl stops her work, and where is she going to be eating from? And, she, and now she, want, she didn't want to stop. She wanted me to tell her to stop. I'm saying, but oh, you don't like it. Why are you not stopping? No, dad, what do you say? I said, I don't know. She went back again, texted me. Can you imagine? And she, she wants me to be the one to say, 
Because she knows that if it comes from him, there will be a power that will accompany it. Now, so that, that's where she is now. All she does is baking. It sustains her where she's staying. I'm not saying she never has challenges. Every other <laughs> business has challenges. But can you imagine a person is living through just baking when they had a job that was paying them? But she knew because it was a risk. So she would rather, if the word comes from me, it will have some power. But if it comes from her, it is well. I remember one time, because now I've re I realize who I am. One time, everyone was saying in the, in the family, they were saying, no, I had this dream. There was a witch. Someone said this, this. Everyone was saying that in the family group. And I now said to them, don't worry, I'll deal with it. Forget. And I prayed, prayed, prayed. And at night, one night, I saw a witch coming in the, in my room. I even started getting sleep paralysis vibes. Because <laughs> when she was coming, she had this aura of power. I wanted to now text everyone and say, can you now pray on your own? Because <laughs> I think I wanted to tell them corporate prayer, corporate prayer. Before I was telling them, no, no, I'm here. So you don't worry. I, I got this. What happened? I just saw an angel when she reached the bathroom. I just saw in a vision, I just saw an angel come get her by the neck and drown her in the bathtub. <laughs> Why are you clapping? Someone has been drowned. <laughs> because I knew I was there. I got this. Someone say, I got this. Some of you are like that to your families. You are like that to your families. You are the apostle in that family. So sometimes you need to be the one to tell them, don't worry, just sleep. Remember what happened when people were seeing shadows in your house? Yeah, people were seeing shadows in our house. It was bad. The grandmother, whoa, shadows. <laughs> the auntie, whoa, shadows. Now, for her, since I was not their biggest fan, <laughs> for her, instead of praying, she now calls me and says, no, we are seeing shadows. I said, stop seeing them. <laughs> In my heart. <laughs> Why are you seeing shadows? So I made it, like, you know what Elijah did? He made it, he made it so that God can look like Shof. When he was building the altar, he said, build it. Fresh cement, stones are in water. He says, put wood. If he puts water, then he says, put wood. The wood was dry. He says, now put water on top. They put water. He now says, put the bow. They put the bow. He says, now pour water. God was like, eh, okay. And then he prayed. And the Bible says that water, that fire licked the water first. And then it licked the whole sacrifice. So now I remembered what Elijah did. I said, I would do that one as well. When they had seen the shadows, I said, are you all there? Yes. I now said to them, tell them to sleep and not pray. Just sleep. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's how they slept. Did you see shadows? 
Secretly, I was saying, Lord, <laughs> if the shadows continue shadowing, <laughs> it won't look nice. <laughs> but the Bible says, God confirms the word of his servants and performs their counsel. Something backs up. I didn't happen. I was sent. You know, I tell my wife, you see, you, the way you are saying, if God was choosing people based on personality, some of us would have been the least anointed. Because we are too simple. We, are, we don't have the, the depth that should be there. <laughs> uh, just to take you into the realms. I believe I'm so simple. Even, you see, even when I'm preaching like this, people just feel like laughing. Can you imagine? I notice every time I'm preaching, people feel like they want to laugh. I said, look, what kind of anointing is this? So now, <laughs> now my wife had to convince me because I didn't like it. In 2016, my girlfriend then, she, she had to convince me that I am humorous, I'm funny. Before, I never knew. So every time I'm talking to people, they'll be laughing and I'm trying to tell them, no, it's deep. And then, <laughs> they're just laughing. I'm trying to tell them, no, no, wait, listen. And they're gone. And I'm like, <sighs> and I never liked it. So she, she now told me, sir, you're funny. I, so can you imagine? That's the person God now says, I want to that person. I don't know why God takes such risks, but I'm sure he knows what he's doing. <laughs> Even you, you are a risk. Stop laughing at me. Can you imagine creating you and putting you in this world? <laughs> we are all risks. This is my least So, I've seen what God can do through the gift of a man. I've seen what God can do. Sometimes it's just sitting down with people and giving them conversations. And they say, wow, this is what I was looking for. And their lives just change. Just a chat. So, a man of God is God's strategy. Some of you are saying, no, but my problem has not been sorted yet. I know. But it could have been worse. Sometimes the grace is only sufficient. One man was praying in the Bible and says, oh, I want remove the pen, remove. I, and then what God says is, no, my grace is sufficient. <laughs> but I'm telling you to remove the thing. You are even speaking. It's, at least if you don't speak, I'll guess that maybe the grace is sufficient. Now you even talk to me and you say my grace is sufficient. You came in my room to tell me my grace is sufficient. Why are you not removing it? You came in, oh, ah. can you imagine Paul one day was telling one of his members, his assistant pastors, with all the miracles he performed, he now says to her, to him, drink medicine. Hey, the guy had a stomach problem. And he says, no, 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 this time drink some medicine, drink some wine. You've not seen it in the word. So if I tell you to drink medicine, drink. <laughs> it doesn't make me any less fireful. It just means you should drink medicine. 
So <laughs> through a prophet, they were taken out of Egypt. And through a prophet, that's the second dimension of God's systems of preservation. Men. Amen. <laughs> All right, let's stand to our feet. We are now going to just take time to thank God for all the men and women of God, not just me. Because some of you came recently, but there are people that God used in the past to preserve you, to give you wisdom, to give you direction, whoever they are, wherever they are. Don't be like other Christians who are shouting at men of God. You don't shout at the finger that feeds you. Because BBC said they are fake. Open your mouth, begin to thank God. Let us fill heaven with thanksgiving for all the gifts, the ministers that have impacted our lives. In different measures, some more, some less. But remember, Paul planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase. Let us fill the throne room of God with thanksgiving.